Hi, this is Maddie Rose, host of The Fame Game, and this is Our Future is Missing. Please be on the lookout for Lauren Spirer. She is 20 years old and went missing from Bloomington, Indiana, June 3rd, 2011 at 4.30 a.m. She is Caucasian, 4'11", 95 pounds, with blue eyes and blonde hair. She was wearing a white tank top, a white button-down shirt, and full-length black spandex pants. If you know of Lauren's whereabouts, please contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline, 1-800-THE-LOST or 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Lauren, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to ourfutureismissing.com. Thank you. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to the program. It's First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton. And I'm Juliana Noon. And today we will be talking about Diary of a Wounded Kid, The Odd Life of the Green, Dr. Seuss's The Lorax, and Alex Ryder Operation Stormbreaker. I'm Juliana, and today we will be interviewing Anthony Aranda, Julia Chestnut, and Brianna Hope Beaton about Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Dog Days. Anthony, tell me a little bit about the movie. What's the storyline? Well, it's pretty much about a boy named Greg who at first thinks he's going to have a really good um, summer va- vacation. But it starts, it doesn't really start the way he planned it to be. That's cool. So, Julia, do you have anything to add to that? Um, not really. I think it's the same as he's saying, and he just is looking forward to the summer, and it doesn't turn out how he wants it to be. That's cool. So, Brianna, Zachary Gordon and Robert Capron return as the key actors to this film. Tell me about what you thought about their performances. I think their performances were very good. I think especially Zachary Gordon, since he's the main I think that he really kind of portrayed what he had to do because his dad's like, no video games for the rest of summer. So I think he like acted off of that, like, why? Come on, you can't do this to me. So I think it was very good how he, how he acted. I agree. Brianna, do you think that these two might be outgrowing their roles as middle schoolers? Um, a little bit. Not too much because, I mean, they're still in middle school, kind of, but I think that their looks and everything else still suits for middle school. If there's another sequel to the series, how will the director be challenged to deal with that? Well, um, for the director, I think that he's still, one thing that wouldn't be challenging is that he still has some of the people from the last movie and things that still would be challenging is kind of if you want to stay really close to the book like the book outline it's kind of it's kind of hard to see where you can go with that and think that the audience like if you change it if you change the book kind of you don't know how the audience will react so I think it's it's difficult to make a movie that the audience will like and still go with the book yeah I agree So, Anthony, what was your favorite scene? Well, I guess my favorite scene, well, I can't really pick one because the movie was really, really good. It's kind of hard, but if I had to, I would say when they were going on a certain kind of ride and once to the top, they were talking about funny things. That sounds really funny. 
Anthony, is there a message you took away from this film? Well, I don't really think I would take anything out of the film because it's a really good movie. Um, I, I think it's, a, yeah, I think it's really good that I wouldn't take anything out. I think that Greg is also funny, especially when his face on the um, roller coaster ride, he was like petrified. They were just like thinking they were going to die, like the story of that one guy whose head got fall off. And I'm like, that's not true. But they were so funny looking. Yeah. So what did you think about the talent in the show? Are there any performances worth mentioning? Um, not that I remember. Okay. Um, Anthony, was the plot easy to understand? Well, it was kind of, but it, yeah, I guess it was pretty much easy to understand because it really, it, you really can see the movie by the plot. Yeah. Was there anything that you didn't understand? Um, not really. No, I, I can't think of anything. Okay. So, Julia, can you relate to this film at all? Um, I, yeah, because he was pretty much had his summer planned out and it didn't go the way he wanted it to. And sometimes my summers don't always go the way I want it to. That sounds like a bummer. So how can you relate? Just that. Your summer doesn't always go the way it, you want it to go. That's always, like, so upsetting when that happens. It's like, oh, no, I had this planned, and then it gets ruined, and you have to do something else, and you don't really want to. So, Brianna, can you relate to any of the characters in this film? I think I can relate to... This is really weird, but Rowley... Um, not because of your boy, of course, but um, because he's kind of the friend who's always kind of making all the plans and stuff, and he's trying not to get in trouble, and he's like, no, you shouldn't do this. So I think I'm kind of like him in a way, because on the roller coaster, he's like, my parents said not to go on any scary rides, and I'd be like, this is scary, so I'm not going on. So I think I can relate to Rowley. Yeah, that sounds like a good person to be able to relate to, because he's like a really nice kid. And, yeah, I can see how you can relate to someone like him. So, Anthony, what did you think about the cinematography and special effects? Is there anything noteworthy? Well, I really thought that the special effects were good. But what I really, really liked, I get that there were a lot. But if they could put a little bit more, it would make the movie a little bit better. Why do you think they should put more in? I get the movie is really, really good. It's just if I could see a better movie, like, with better special effects. So, Julia, what did you think about the music? Um, I thought it was good because there were parts when they were going on the roller coaster where they played great music. And at funny parts, they just had the right music put in at the right part. I agree. I remember one of the music parts was when Roderick was singing at um, Heather Hill's Sweet 16, and he was singing Justin Bieber, and he wasn't even good, and he just, like, totally embarrassed her. I thought it was really funny. How did you think about that part? Yeah, I loved that part. It was really funny. Yeah. So, Brianna, what about the soundtrack? Tell us a little bit about the music. I think that the soundtrack in this movie was really good. Like, when they were, um, I think, in the park or whatever, I think, well, the amusement park, I think the music was very good there because it's kind of upbeat and energetic and they were traveling all around the park. So I think that was that was a good piece in the film. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, Julia, what genre would this movie be? 
Um, probably comedy and kids and family. Yeah, it's totally comedy because they make these funny jokes and there's always these funny scenes in these movies. I agree. Um, so what did you guys think about the cinematography and special effects? I thought the movie wasn't exactly made for special effects because it wasn't exactly like an action movie. So, so how many stars would you rate this film? I'd give it five out of five. I think in the park, in energetic, like, and they were. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton. And I'm Juliana Noon. And you're listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. And welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Raven Vanny, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Now let's discuss the film The Lorax, which comes out on DVD and Blu-ray today, August 7th. So be sure to go check it out in stores. 
And we have with us Cheyenne. So how are you doing today, Cheyenne? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Awesome. So why don't you tell me a little bit about this film? Well, it's about a boy named Ted, voiced by Zach Efron, who has a crush on Audrey, a teenager, who is played by Taylor Swift. And way back then, there's these trees, and they're like as soft as silk. But they're, now, in the, now in these days, they have like artificial trees that are made out of plastic and stuff. And so Ted's... And Audrey's dreaming about, like, I really want one of those real trees. And Ted's, like, heard him, heard her. And he's, like, and his grandma knows that, ooh, you got a, you have a crush there? He's, like, I know where you could find, I know where you could find a tree. Go to the Wunsler. And so the Wunsler is very mysterious. And so he has to, he has to go through all these twists and turns from his adventure to get one, to get a tree. And all the stories from like a flashback. Oh my goodness. Well, it sounds like a very interesting movie. I love the t- story of the Lorax. I haven't actually seen this new film, but I love the whole concept of the Lorax and the Dr. Seuss story and the book and the old cartoon and everything. So I absolutely love it. So I'm glad that you like this movie. So talk to me a little bit about the voices for this movie. I know it has Zac Efron and Taylor Swift. So how do you think they did as their characters? Taylor Swift was just amazing with the voice. She sounded like a totally different person, but in like a really good voice. And the O'Hare guy, like, you know how it's like, like you know how they have like artificial trees, right? Mm-hmm. So how can you get air, huh? So there's the O'Hare guy who makes hair like air, like <laughs> air, so they can breathe. And so he's like the the bad guy. Who He's like stopping Ted. No, you can't plant a real tree because then, you know, he'll lose his business. Yeah. And so that guy has a really deep voice and like one of those, you know, big tough guys, but he's actually really small. But he has a <laughs> huge business. Yeah. Well, that Crazy. sounds very funny. So talk to me a little bit about the one slur, because as I recall from like the original story, the one slur is, like you said, very, very mysterious, but he and you never really see him. So is that the case in this movie as well that you only just see his hands in this movie yeah you only see a shadow but he's the guy who knows he's the guy who who, um who chopped down all the trees that's why there's all that's why there's artificial trees because Mm -hmm. of him because he's like he runs off he goes off what after he like graduates college and like i want to make a business because like you know how it's like smooth as silk right Mm mm-hmm Absolutely. He's like, I'm gonna make scarves and stuff. So he's like trying to find that island where all that, all the trees are, and that's where Ted lives. And he's the onesler, and he's telling Ted all about that, and how the Lorax was the guardian of the forest. And do you think you have a favorite character or a favorite scene in this movie? My favorite character has to be Audrey because she's like super nice. Her dreams really, her dreams is very big. And my favorite scene is that, is the ending. I can't tell you. <laughs> yes, definitely do not tell us about the ending. That would be major spoiler alert. So is there anything else besides the last scene that, re- like a scene that really stood out to you? Maybe your second favorite scene? Well, there's, I don't have a really second favorite scene, but there's one really sad scene when, like, you know the O'Hare guy? Mm-hmm. Um, Audrey, she's, like, dreaming. You know how she dreams to see real trees? She, yeah. in her in her back of her house, she drew pictures of the trees, and she told Ted about all that trees, so that's why Ted wants to get a tree for her. Mm-hmm. And so the O'Hare guy... He's like, he, he painted the house the real color, and then he says, property of O'Hare. I'm your host, Raven Savani, and today we will be reviewing the film The Lorax, Hope Springs, and Airbud. So right now, we are talking about The Lorax, and we have with us Cheyenne, and she was just talking to me about some moving parts of the film. So since we're on the topic of emotion, why don't you tell me about the overall emotion of the film? 
Well, the emotion of the film, it's very, it's happy, but some scenes are sad, and you could get really emotional on the sad scenes, but the rest are very upbeat and stuff, and the music was great. It really matched the scene. Do you think that there was a lot of comedy in this film? Yeah, the comedy when some of the happy scenes, well, it's a comedy movie, and one of the funny parts is when, um, it was like, kind of like in the very ending when they sing. Mm-hmm. And so they're singing in this movie? Well, there's like, kind of like, yeah. It's not like a musical. Only at the end there's a song that they sing, like a victory. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I love victory songs. So how many stars would you give this film on a scale of one to five? I'll give it five stars. If I gave it more, definitely. Awesome. And why don't you tell me what age group you would recommend this film for? I would give it six and up because of some of the harsh words, maybe. Mm-hmm. So there was a little bit of harsh words. I think six and up is probably a good age for this film. Because I'm sure, I like I said, I haven't seen it, but my grandparents went and saw it, and they absolutely loved it. They thought it was super cute. And it seems like the type of movie that would be pretty good for all ages. So, if you had to be um, any character, who would you be and why? I have two. Audrey and Ted's grandma. <laughs> and tell me why it would be those two characters. Audrey, because she's so loving and sweet and she has such a big dream. Like, I have a big dream that I want. And grandma, oh my gosh, she's just hilarious. I just want to be her. She's probably hilarious. So, why don't you talk to me a little bit about some other parts of this film that really stood out to you? Well, what really stood out for me is that Ted actually went through all those obstacles just to go to the one slave's house because of that, because of Audrey. He really likes her. That really, like, you know, well, you really like that girl? (laughs) So, there was a lot of dedication on his part? Yeah. That's awesome. And do you think there were any morals or messages that this film puts out to audiences? Um, the message is that sometimes the earth needs caring. You can't have, like, all artificial stuff. Like, there was no trees when like, Ted was born, you know? Absolutely. Definitely take care of the earth because, you know, this is our home and we all share this home. And if if it dies, then we all, we all go. So, yeah, that's definitely something to think about. So, I know you were saying that the music was really good in this movie. So, tell me what kind of music um, was played in this film and why it was so good for this movie. It was a very upbeat film. It was a very upbeat tone. It's not like um, very slow, sad. It was like you could really dance to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And was it mostly just instrumentals or were there some vocals in the background music? Um, at the end, there was like the people who, like, they want real trees, so, like, they're kind of in the background, and, mm-hmm. like, Ted and the, all the other main characters, they're singing lead, you know? And all here guys, like, trying to defend himself, and the security <laughs> guards are like, yeah, let's be on Ted's side. And then the O'Hare guy, he's like, there's all, there's, like, all the citizens and all the other people on one side, and it's just him, you know? He's like, <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> it sounds very, very funny. So why don't you tell me... A little bit about how, because I know you were saying you could relate to Audrey and the grandma, but um, how do you think other people and other audience members viewing this film can relate to this film? Do you think that the storyline is pretty relatable? Yeah, it's pretty relatable. And the thing, the another thing I want to be the grandma is because she is such an awesome grandma. She could ski. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that sounds. Do you like skiing? I've never tried it before, but I know it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know everyone who that I know um, who skis, they absolutely love it. So you should definitely check it out. Just like you have to check out the movie The Lorax, which comes out on DVD and Blu-ray today. So be absolutely sure to check it out. Cheyenne, thank you so much for talking with me all about this film. It sounds hilarious, and I cannot wait to go and get it on DVD and Blu-ray because I cannot wait to see it, and I cannot wait to laugh at all of the grandma's jokes and how funny she is. Let's take a break. I'm Raven Devaney from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. 
Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Attractions. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton. And I'm Juliana Noon. And you are listening to Voice America Kids. And we are going to talk about Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Odd Life of Timothy Green, Dr. Seuss's The Lorax, and Alex Ryder, Operation Stormbreaker. Thank you. And now let's discuss the film Dr. Seuss's The Lorax. And we have with us Juliana. So, Juliana, it's just the two of us talking about Dr. Seuss's The Lorax. So, how are you doing today? I am very good. How are you? Very good. Thank you for asking. So please tell me a little bit about this film, and what are the highlights for you? Okay. So this movie is about a 12-year-old boy named Ted, and he is trying to find this tree to give to this girl named Audrey, who he loves, and he's, like, in love with her. And so his grandma tells him to go to the Wensler, who tells him to, like, plant this seed and then... She'll, like, love you and stuff like that. That's good. It seems like a good storyline. I've never heard it before. Um, so what are the highlights for you? What did you like about this film? Um, I liked the beginning where they were all singing about their fancy little town. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> jumping up and down, good. singing. <laughs> Just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> So about the music, I think this has a lot of music in it. It's like a animation musical type thing. So what did you think about the music besides the first part? Um, I thought it was really good. There were some parts that I didn't like, especially the, the ending with the one thing that Mr. O- O'Hare said, because it was so mean. Oh, yeah. You never like having people say mean things. It's just not right. <laughs> so Taylor Swift and Zac Efron played the voices of 
Audrey, and Ted. How would you describe their performances in this film? I think they did a really good job. I think Ted and Audrey were just, like, so funny together. And he would always make jokes around her, and I was, like, so stupid because he was just in love with her. I thought they did a great job. (laughs) So do you think that um, Audrey, well, Taylor Swift, Audrey kind of thing, did she, like, was so oblivious that he liked her? I think she knew. Yeah. (laughs) obvious. So let's talk about the animation. What did you think of it? Um, I think they did a really good job. I thought the animated animation was really good, especially with the little creatures. Like, the fish and the bears were so adorable. They were, like, so cuddly looking. (laughs) Just like, I could just squeeze you up. (laughs) It's nice to have good animation because some... I mean, you have different types of animation, but I think I would like this the best coming from the previews. Well, how about the storyline? Was it easy to understand? Do you, was it hard or easy? Or um, I think it was really easy because it's just basically a boy who's looking for a tree to impress a girl. <laughs> it's like, can't get more complicated. So is there any other talent that stands out to you, like Ed Helms as the Wunzler or Betty White as Grandma Norma or Danny DeVito as the Lorax? Did any one of those stand out to you? Um, I think Betty White did. She's just so funny in this movie. Like when they were playing the game, she would just purposely go so slow so that game time would be over so that he can go to Audrey and the Wunzler and finish up the story. I thought she did a really good job. <laughs> I think Betty White has always been one of those funny, funny people. Like you can't look at her without laughing of, like of some time in your life. So, do you have a favorite scene besides the like you said that you're you like the beginning where they sang about their life or whatever? But do you think that's your favorite scene, or do you have another one? Um, that's one of my favorite scenes. But my other favorite scene would have to be when like. They're all, like, mad at the one slur when he was younger because he, like, was throwing, like, his tools and stuff at them. And then he, like, takes a bag of marshmallows and then a bear, like, cuts it open. And then they're all, like, in heaven with marshmallows and they're, like, swimming in a marshmallow bath. And then they're jumping up and eating the marshmallows. It's just so funny. <laughs> you, I, I could just see that now. Just, like, yum. Yum, fluffy white things that we're stuffing into our faces. That's funny. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton. And I'm Juliana Noon. And today we are talking about Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Odd Life of Timothy Green, Dr. Seuss's The Lorax, and Alex Ryder, Operation Stormbreaker. Thank you. So, Juliana, let's continue to talk about Dr. Seuss's The Lorax, the wonderful movie that I'm interviewing you about. So what age group do you recommend this film for? I think that this is for ages four and up because my mom and my brother were like dying to see this. They were like, it looks so good. We should so get this. And then when we watched it, we're like, wow, this is really funny and such a good movie. So, yeah, I think it's for that ages. That's good. So it's like a wide wide range of people can really like this film i think that that's good so that a lot of people like it not just like 10 and 12 year olds or just a small amount i think that um a good film acts for like all age groups and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so if you were writing or directing this film would you add or take out anything um I don't know. I might add, like, the future, what happens to their town after they, like, plant the seed and stuff like that. You should totally, you should totally, like, direct that when you're older. Just, like, I'm going to direct it. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, you heard me. I think you should do that. So, does this film make you want to do something to protect the earth, for example, like plant trees or whatever? Um... I've always been one of those people that, like, loves my environment, so I don't really want to kill it, because I love it. I mean, 
they're living creatures just like us. So if we destroy their habitat, it kind of destroys ours too. So yeah, it's like you wouldn't want some someone to do that to you just to destroy yeah. your habitat. So I get where you're coming he's from. He's just like making the air more dirty with his factories, and then he's selling air to people because he's making the sky dirty. Yeah, I wouldn't want sense? that. I'd, yeah, it's like why then you can't breathe. You're hurting us. <laughs> it's like <gasps> I'm suffocating. <laughs> so, how many stars would you give this film? Um, I would definitely give it five. Definitely five. And why would you do that? Um, well, because it's funny and it's sad at some parts, but it's really overall just a great movie to enjoy. Yeah, like one of those films where you have so many emotions, like happy, sad, excited. I think that's good in a film because because you have all emotions, so you can feel how each character is in each way. It's not just happy throughout the whole film or sad. So I think that's good to have that. Mm-hmm. Would you go see this film again? Most definitely, yes. I would too, to seeing as you really, really liked it. I think that you have good judgment. <laughs> so this film is rated PG for brief, mild language. Can you tell us about any content in the film that a parent should be aware of before taking their child to see it? Um, I don't know. I don't really think so. But there's, like, parts where they, like, the guy's, like, flying into stuff, and the grandma is, like, calling him, like, this short midget person. And so I don't think little kids would really, their parents would enjoy having them know that people call yeah. people midgets. Yeah, it's kind of, like, mean. Because, like, what if your child grew up and, like, they saw that? And it's like, oh, well, um, I saw it in this movie, so it's okay to say it, Mom. And it's kind of, like... Yeah, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want someone doing that to me kind of like, oh, they said it, so I get to say it. So, in looking at the previews, it seems like a heartwarming and inspiring film. What what's the message to take home from this film? Did you find a message? Um I think that there's a message that you shouldn't destroy your environment cuz not only does it affect the trees and the plants and the animals, it affects you too, even though you think that it doesn't. It really does. Mm. Well, thank you. An awesome, awesome job. Thank you, Julianne, for telling us about Dr. Seuss the Lorax. That sounds like a good film. That's all the time we have for this little tidbit. Let's take a break. I'm Brianna Hope Eton. And I'm Juliana Newt, and you are listening to Voice America Kids. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. This year's Kids First Film Critic Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First film critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. 
Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the Fame Game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the Fame Game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. The Terrence Rogers Show will take the world by storm. The topics are sometimes newsworthy, sometimes personal, as we explore fashion, entertainment, art, and more. Host Terrence Rogers has seen a lot of life experience in his few years of life. It's this experience that allows him to bring a fresh perspective to the table, and he holds nothing back. Tune in to The Terrence Rogers Show every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. You'll laugh, cry, and most importantly, this show will reach out and touch your life. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Brianna Hopiton. And I'm Juliana Noon. And you are listening to Voice America Kids. And we are going to talk about Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Odd Life of Timothy Green, Dr. Seuss's The Lorax, and Alex Ryder, Operation Stormbreaker. So today I will be interviewing Brianna about Alex Ryder, Operation Stormbreaker. So how are you, Brianna? Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. So, can you tell me a little bit about this movie? What's the storyline? Well, of course I can. <laughs> well, 14-year-old Alex Ryder, played by Alex Pettifer, feels as though he's a typical school kid. This is until his uncle, Ian Ryder, played by Ewan McGregor, is killed. And he finds out differently about his entire childhood. Alex gets suspicious of his uncle's death and discovers that his uncle is actually a spy on a mission when he is killed. Instead of being a dull bank, dull bank manager, Alex is told by Agent Alan Blunt, played by Bill Nighy, that he is to follow in his uncle's footsteps and continue on with the mission that his uncle got killed on. He is sent to Cornwall to investigate a new computer system which Darius Sale, played by Mickey Rourke, has created. This new computer system will be used in every school in Britain. But something just isn't right about Darius and his computer system. So he kind of gets like, whoa, is this right? So That sounds really cool and very interesting. So do you have anything to add to the movie or subtract from it? Um, I think that in the beginning there should be more time with the uncle. I mean, because um, Alex wouldn't be on the mission if his uncle wasn't killed. So I think that they should put more time in the uncle so that so that it's like, oh, he was killed. So it's not like, oh, what happened at the beginning of the movie? So I think he should have a little bit more time on screen. Exactly. So what genre would this movie be in? Action, family. Well, action, because... In the beginning, it just starts out right as action. I think the whole film has action and family and kids since it since it's kind of like a kid movie and suspense because you're kind of like, oh, my gosh, is he going to get caught? Is he going to get killed? So Definitely. So what kind of action was there in this movie? Well, in the beginning, his uncle was I'm trying to remember. Um, well... Kind of in the beginning, he was driving in his car, and he was trying to get away from these people, and that's when he got shot. And also, when Alex, like, he gets taken to a junkyard, well, not taken, but he follows a a van to a junkyard that has his dad's car and his belongings, and so he grabs, like, people try to chase him to get him out of the junkyard or grab him or 
do whatever, and he uses a rope and kind of has taekwondo skills and, like, beats him up with only a rope and his two hands. So I think that was the type of action in it. That sounds really cool. It's, like, impossible for someone to do that unless they're, like, superhuman or something. (laughs) So did you have a favorite scene? Yes, I did. Um, I think that this is like really awkward and it's like really dull moment, but I think that the first time when he gets his gadgets, I mean, I, it kind of be everyone's favorite and it kind of won't be everyone's favorite, but I like when he gets his gadgets because I don't think I've ever seen them in another film. So it's good to be able to be like, oh, they, they're still creating new gadgets for movies. So I think that was my favorite scene when he gets his gadgets. What kind of gadgets were there? Um, one was a pen where you, um, like click the end of it. And if you shoot it into someone, they obey whatever you say for a certain amount of time. So I think that was, I think that was the coolest. And he has a backpack and I don't know what the backpack did. I think it was just a backpack and a yo-yo that like, I think it hooked up to something that you could drag up yourself and also a ds game and you could put in different games like on the outside it looked like different games but it actually did other things so it was really cool that looks cool normally you wouldn't think that someone would use that for something something like that you would think like how would you use a yo-yo to defend yourself (laughs) so weird yeah it is so, do you have a favorite character? My favorite character, of course, would be Alex Ryder because he's kind of clueless at the beginning of the film um, that his uncle was a spy. He's like, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He was my uncle. But then he kind of warms up to the idea, and then and then he kind of gets confused, like, why would I go out there? I don't want to go out there. And then he, he finds out the truth that the reason why he was always, like, going in boats and learning Taekwondo because his uncle was actually training him to be a spy. So he kind of has to do it for his uncle. Yes. You're listening to Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brianna Hopiton. And I'm Juliana Noon. And today we are talking about Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Odd Life of Timothy Green, Dr. Seuss's The Lorax, and Alex Ryder, Operation Stormbreaker. So you were just telling me about your favorite character, Alex. So can you repeat why you like him? Well, I really like him because he's, com- well, not confused, but he's he's shocked that his dad, well, not his dad, <laughs> his uncle is a spy. He's like, no, he's not. He's my uncle. He, he, he may not have been here for me all that time, but he was my uncle, not a spy. But then he's like, well he was not there all the time. So I guess it'd be possible that he was a spy. And then when he finally realizes that his uncle was a spy before he got killed, he's kind of like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go on the mission. And then he realizes that his uncle was training him secretly without him knowing to become a spy and like kayaking and like Taekwondo or whatever. So would you feel like Alex does if that actually happened to you? Actually, I would be like, if my if I if they said my uncle was a spy, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is so cool, and I'd be like, I'll do it. I will go on the mission, and I won't hesitate like at all. That sounds awesome. So, can you relate to anyone in this movie? Um, I I think I can relate to Alex a little bit, not a whole lot about where um. I think everyone can because their uncle isn't around a lot unless you like live, live with your uncle because my uncle doesn't love me. So I don't get to see him a lot. So I think that part of him I can relate to. Yeah, I can relate to actually um, his housekeeper because sometimes like if someone attacked me, I would feel a little, you know, crazed out. Do you remember the scene where she was defending herself with like a wooden duck and like this like yeah exotic looking fish i would like <laughs> be so petrified like her i would just like be swinging <laughs> stuff around just be like don't hurt me <laughs> okay so do you think the plot in this movie is easy to understand 
Yes. At the beginning, it was kind of like, if I didn't read what it was about before I saw the movie, it's it's kind of hard to follow. Not hard to follow, but at the beginning, you kind of have to be like, oh, he's the he's a guy and here's his uncle and his uncle and him are doing separate things. Like they're going, they're switching back from him to his uncle. So I think you have to get that before you get the whole movie. But other than that, after that, you you totally get the movie from like what I got. Alex's emotions were confusing, shock, oh, he did that, or he was a spy. So I think those actions, not actions, but emotions were really good. And I think, but I didn't get to see his uncle's acting very well because I couldn't see him a lot, only in the beginning of the movie. And I think that he could have been there longer, so. Yeah. So was there a message in this movie? One message I found in this film is that to not judge people because he didn't know that his uncle was a spy and he thought he was just, he thought his uncle was like not there for him, but he didn't actually know the real reason why he wasn't there for him. So that's why you can't judge people because you don't really know why they do what they do. Yes. So what age group do you think this movie is appropriate for? I think it's six to 15 but it's also a great family film and good for older ages too because it was, it was kind of those spy movies, so I think everyone would like that. Okay. So thank you, Brianna, and thanks so much for joining us. Listening to Kids First Coming Attractions to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases and to learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. I'm Brianna Hobiton. And I'm Juliana Noon. You are listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week.